Good evening and Happy New Year to everyone in Alberta, Canada, and beyond. It is Wednesday, January 3rd, 2023, a brand new year full of hopes and dreams and opportunities. And I'm Carrie Lambert, and I welcome you to an online webinar, Eating a Solutions for a New Alberta, brought to you by the Alberta Prosperity Project, also known as APP. Before I continue with this, I did get a couple of notifications that we're having some problems streaming out to Facebook. And uh, and it actually looks like we may not be streaming out to LinkedIn as well. But we are streaming out to Twitter. I'm going to continue on with this because I think it's important that we just do this anyways. And we can always end up posting this later and having people ask questions. So I'm just going to continue with as it is because that's the way the APP all is going to just keep going. We've got to keep going no matter what happens. So APP's purpose is to educate, inspire, and unite all Albertans, businesses, and organizations to protect the prosperity, individual freedoms, rights, and sovereignty by empowering the Alberta government to restructure Alberta's relationship with Canada. Of course, we couldn't do this without your help. If you can, please share this webinar on whichever platform you're on. We're on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Rumble. As well as after this live, we're also other on other video and audio sites like Apple, Spotify, Vimeo, etc. These webinars do take time and effort, and we're starting with sponsorships on our webinars. If you'd like to sponsor an upcoming webinar, you can contact with us at contact at albertaprosperity.com. And just let us know what uh, what you're interested in in terms of uh, doing a um, um, some sort of sponsorship and we will get back to ASAP. Of course, we've been on a bit of a Christmas holiday break. Well, some people have anyways. I, I've still been doing these on Wednesdays, but for the most part, we haven't had new guests. We've been uh, replaying the top, top three uh, of the top 10 APP webinars of 2023, uh, curated by yours truly. Uh, we had over 40 episodes, and uh, there's so many good ones that it was difficult to pick the top 10. Of course, on December 23rd, we had the History of Independence in Alberta with Michael Wagner. And uh, last week, December 27th, was Can Alberta Afford to Stay in Canada Much Longer with Marty Up North, which those two in particular were great to look back on because those were recorded in April, and a lot has happened since April. And of course, tonight's discussion is about the Alberta Pension Plan with Tanner today, which was originally broadcast on Thursday, October 19th, which is why you may have seen the poster that said Thursday, January 3rd, and that was just a mistake for tonight's episode. If you'd like to know my top 10 list of RAPP webinars, I'll be posting that in January in the APP newsletter which you can only get if you are an APP member. And you can go to albertaprosperityproject.com in order to find out how to be a member of what is going on with Alberta Prosperity Project, et cetera, et cetera. Here's something that's, uh, that's uh, kind of cool. We've got events coming up this year. A lot of events, like a lot of events. So the, the first one, of course, if you go to the uh, front page here of the Alberta Prosperity Project, it's the Tucker Carlson event that's at Rogers Place. So we are one of the groups that uh, managed to get a whole lot of tickets. And uh, and what we're doing is there are $175 tickets plus all the service fees. We're waiving all those service fees for you. All, we, all you have to do is pay the $175 and boom, you're there. And that's exactly what we want you to do. All you have to do is just go and get yourself a ticket and go on here. I'm just going to open up another page here. And that will tell you 
all about where you're going to be sitting, et cetera, et cetera. And you can just go ahead and buy the tickets here. We have had people ask, where are the seats? Wherefore aren't those seats? Well, here we are. Here's the stage inside uh, Rogers. And our seats are this group here, five to 10, and this other group, five to 10. So it's, I believe it's 118 and 104. I'm just gonna verify that by going back onto here. And it is 118 and 104 rows five to 10. So that's where your seats would be. Or, and I'm just gonna put this back up here. There you go. And you, you can also go and uh, find it at bit.ly slash Tucker. 24. That's another shortcut in order to get there. If you can't get to the uh, the web page here, but we also are selling them on the whistle stop page. And actually, I'm just going to call this up right now. I was a little tardy on that whistle stop page. If you go there and you scroll down to the events, there's Tucker's face right there. Click on that. And these are regular $800 tickets. And they are going for $500. That's what we're selling them for through, uh, through this. And here you can see how close you are. You can actually probably even get a little bit of drool from Tucker if he talks a little bit too loud. Uh, and Rex Murphy and Conrad Black as well. So there you are. That's, uh, that's what we're doing. So you can go there. And for those tickets, again, you can go on to the Whistle Stop page. There we are. Whistlestoptruckstop.ca. That will get you. So we're hoping to have uh, a lot of APP members there. I know I will be there. Uh, my plan right now is to actually sit with the APP seats. So it's uh, I'll probably be in section 118, somewhere in the row of five to ten. So if you want to come and sit with me, that's what you can what you can look for. What else have we got going on? The other events. Let's go look, look at some of the other events here. So we've got uh, up on the upcoming dates here, we've got uh, APP Grand Prix presents Brett Oland, who's uh, from um, Bow Valley Credit Union, and that takes place on January 11th. What else have we got? We've got, uh, of course, our Tucker Carlson Live. We've also got the chapter meetings. They usually end up doing their own chapter meetings, dinner, uh, maybe they'll have a speaker or two in there. And uh, so there you go for that. And uh, the other, we've actually got two other things that are uh, very pressing. Uh, one is we have an event called The River's Gonna Break. And it's with the Steve Castle Band. And the idea behind this, and this takes place in Grand Prairie and in Peace River. You can click on the uh, events to find out when, when they're gonna be there. Is basically just to get a whole bunch of like-minded people together, have conversations, see what's going on, and uh, just, Tear it up with some good old dancing, right? I I think that's the the important thing that we should be looking at for 2024 is everyone's been so down on oh you know we got to do this and we got to do that we sh we should be able to do things and kind of make it go back to the way it was if you remember that far back and just going out and having some fun so I, I'd suggest that uh, if you can make it out to any of these events please do the other thing that is so topical with tonight's topic is the Alberta Pension Plan. And we're doing, I believe we're starting on January 17th. And uh, we're going to have a panel discussion, Alberta Pension Plan to st uh, start to sovereignty. We have uh, Nadine Wellwood, 
uh, Tanner Nadei, who's on tonight's uh, webinar replay, and of course, Corey Morgan, who was also on the Sovereignists uh, Handbook uh, Tour that we we just wrapped up. And we did in October, November, and I believe the beginning of December. So great conversations with those people. You can ask questions about what's happening with the uh, the Alberta Pension Plan, et cetera, et cetera, because it seems that there is a group of people that are just basically saying, you know what, we don't need to be doing this Alberta pension plan. We should be doing exactly the same old that we've all done for the how, how many years? The Canada pension plan. So, you know what, if nothing changes, if nothing changes, and I think we all need some change. So with that, I'm going to hope that uh, people will be uh, looking forward to joining us at uh, these events going forward. And of course, we, get, we have lots more of events. These are the ones that we can actually talk about right now. We've got other things that are going to be coming out through the, uh, the rest of the year. And uh, and with that, you know what? I'm just going to jump right into the, uh, the webinar itself. And then we'll get back and we'll ask some questions if people can. I know if it's on Twitter, I'm not even sure how the comments are going to be coming out of here. So again, my apologies. Something, something just didn't happen. You know what? I'm going to blame it on 2024. Because uh, as far as I was concerned, the uh, the Facebook and everything else links should have worked before. But anyways, with that, I am just going to start the uh, webinar. It's a conversation that starts with, uh, uh, of course, APP's CEO, Christopher Scott, and myself. And then we end up having Mr. Tanner today. And so let's just jump right to the Alberta Pension Plan, and this is probably the number one requested webinar we've had over the last few weeks. And of course, we thought we would bring in really great, amazing economist, Mr. Big Brain himself, Tanner Nadei, who will be joining us. Right into it. Let's get right into it. Welcome, Tanner. Hello. Thank you for having me once again. I'm so excited to awesome. talk about pensions. Those yeah. two. Those two. Those two words. I know those two words work together. Well, I'm definitely the closest to getting a pension than you two. So you're not getting a pension. Come on. Well, yeah, you're right. I probably won't get a pension. But that's <laughs> that's a concern. I mean, that certainly seems to be a concern for a lot of people. And and uh, you know, is there going to be money when we retire? And where does that money come from? And and where do our pension uh, uh, premiums go, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. There's so many questions to ask. And so we're, we brought Tanner in to hopefully answer a lot of those questions that you may have. And speaking of questions, what we're going to do, yes. folks, we're going to get through this webinar as, as quickly as we can, because you only have an hour. Now we have 57 minutes. Uh, put your questions up. Make sure you put some question marks in front and behind so that we can identify it's a question. And we're going to get through and talk about most of the things regarding the proposed Alberta pension plan. So it's very likely that your question will be answered uh, during the webinar. Yeah. So you know, sit back, relax, grab some popcorn, um, make sure you take some screenshots of Kerry when he's making funny faces and then make some memes and post them on the Lowestop page. We always love that. And uh, yeah, enjoy. And I want to say, for those of you who are worried about your pension plan, for those of you who are uncertain of the future, and you know, I, I am too, like this conversation has been going on since I was in my teenage years, yeah. uh, worried about our pension. You don't need to worry as much as you think. And the reason for that is because there is a very large group of Albertans who are dedicated to um, taking back our sovereignty in all of these areas and doing these things ourselves so that you do have uh, the benefit uh, that you're entitled to. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I just want to encourage you, there is hope. And in my opinion, we're seeing more hope on the horizon, on the political spectrum than we have 
in years. So with that said, Tanner, would you like to do the honors and explain to the folks out there, what is the Alberta pension plan? Why are we talking about it? And what does it mean to them? Oh, it's a great start. Yes, I would love to. So as it currently stands, the federal government years and years and years ago enacted a new federal pension plan that all Canadians would pay into through payroll taxes, et cetera. And then when they retired at a, at a certain age, they would receive their earnings back in the form of a pension. Now, of course, those earnings vary. And they vary based on three major factors, how much you contributed into the pension, at what age you retired, and how long you worked. So you receive some of those earnings back. And then, of course, in your senior years, you're able to, at least in part, fund your activities and and your life with that Canadian pension plan. Now, the Alberta government has just proposed that Alberta, the province itself, emancipate um, its people from that Canadian pension plan and instead move to its own Alberta pension plan. So we would take all of those uh, contributions that right now we're feeding into the Canadian pension plan and we would divert them to our own Alberta pension plan. And of course, there are numerous benefits to that, multiple benefits. And, you know, some some people are concerned. I'm not so concerned, but there are numerous benefits that arise as a consequence of that. And so that's what the debate and the discussion is right now. Of course, if you're Canada, if you're the rest of Canada, if you're especially the East, Ottawa and so on, you're particularly concerned about this because Alberta shovels a solid chunk of money into the Canadian federal pension plan every year. Whereas if you're Albertan, you're excited about this and you have every reason to be because the decentralization and the benefits that will accrue as a consequence of the new pension plan will increase the total well-being of Albertans overall. Mm -hmm. So let me let me just interject here. What you're saying is that we already have a pension plan. It's the Canada mm -hmm. pension plan and the yep. federal government. Um, they 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 formed that so that people would have some money when they retire. Mm -hmm. So isn't it always better if we're working together? Isn't it always better if there's a bigger employment pool to fund uh, the, these pensions? Why would we want to go out on our own? I mean, we've only got 4 million people here. What's what's the point? Right. Another great question. Yeah. So, so firstly, the idea that the bigger government is, the more efficient it is, is, is as you know, is precisely wrong. I know you're, you're asking a question. I know you know the answer. But when government expands, it doesn't become more efficient. The exact opposite happens. It becomes increasingly inefficient. So right now we have this massive bureaucracy in all areas of government, but also with the Canadian pension plan that are, that are accruing all of this unnecessary loss because of their size. They're being wasteful with money. The actual government, the bureaucracy is so huge that as, or as long or as along with funding our pensions, we have to fund their salaries as well. Now, this idea that it's better that the entire country work together it's another good question because you hear it often, particularly from liberals, but also from other branches of government, other parties in government. And the answer is, if that were true, why have provinces at all? What's the purpose of having any division of power? Mm -hmm. What's the purpose of having any sort of decentralization? You see, the interests of the East are not our own interests. And that's not even necessarily a bad thing. People are just different. 
the desires of east of the east are different than the desires in the west the desires of the north are different than the desires of the south and danielle smith and her alberta government have been elected for one purpose the purpose is to serve the people of alberta it's not to serve the people of canada it's not to serve the entire confederation it's to serve albertans and if a program or policy can be enacted which betters the quality of life for albertans then the alberta government has a an obligation a moral obligation to do so now the pension would do such a thing it would increase the overall well-being of albertans and so it should be enacted when mr trudeau released his letter against smith of course he appealed to the socialistic ideal that mm -hmm. um this would harm all canadians it would harm other canadians and the answer is quite simply although it sounds harsh it's true other canadians are not the alberta government's concern if they were the other canadians would have also voted for the alberta government but they don't because that isn't their province this isn't their province it's our province and so smith's prerogative is to serve albertans first this program a new alberta pension plan serves albertans first and so it should be enacted let me let me just throw this out there um i've been thinking about this a lot and specifically the amount of money that alberta is saying that the legislation calculations would have us pull back from the pension fund it's huge i think it's like 40 percent of the fund or something along those lines 343 billion ish yeah. now of course that's negotiated and that's that's something we'll deal with with the federal government but people have been saying things to me like well what about the other provinces just like what you mentioned and while we do our government does have a responsibility and a more a moral obligation to put albertans first because they serve us i actually believe that we have a moral obligation um, to go through with this in order to encourage the other provinces to stop pursuing mm -hmm. ideological policy that reduces their prosperity and in turn they rely on entitlements from provinces that are being prosperous because we you know we extract our resources for instance quebec they have huge huge natural gas reserves huge they mm -hmm. could be energy almost probably uh, energy independent they could be a net exporter but they don't because they have an ideological policy that says we're not going to develop our resources because climate change but they still get you know, whatever $10 a day daycare and all sorts of entitlements from the federal government that largely, not completely, but largely come from our net contribution to Confederation. When we stop doing that, we stop enabling the other provinces to pursue anti-human policy and we can turn them around and, and have them prosper as well. So, you know, the, the moral obligation, I, in my opinion, it extends further than just Albertans first. It, it, it means that we have to stand up against this stuff and uh, show the other provinces that, you know, they can be prosperous as well. Yes, precisely. There, there's this fallacy that big government is needed to sustain a nation. That's not mm. true. It's exactly the opposite. The smaller the, the smaller the government, the more prosperous a nation tends to be. The smaller the bureaucracy, the freer the people. And so yeah, uh, any any policy which pursues that objective in my mind is a good policy which is what the alberta pension plan does you're right it would at the very least open people's eyes to the fact that that you can't always rely on an unthinking economic or economic engine right or the um can't rely on on wealthy provinces to fund your 
activities. There's mm. nothing selfish about that. Nothing at all. Instead, it's just a consequence of reality. So I'm, I'm assuming that you've done some digging in, into this and you've crunched some numbers. What does an Alberta pension plan look like for the average Alberta pensioner? We like it. We like it a lot. Yeah. So numbers vary a little bit. Numbers are a funny thing with regards to economics because there are so many variables that can be injected into equations that it becomes very difficult to accurately predict uh, how numbers are going to to turn out. <laughs> Some Many economists aren't very good at predicting the future. So I instead actually prefer to look at the theory behind things. But there are numbers to this that, that do make sense. So for example, with an Alberta pension plan, you could cut rates almost in half, contribution rates yeah. almost in half compared to what they currently are without sacrificing any benefits. And that calculation assumes that Alberta's uh, working advantage won't continue into the future, which is a dubious proposition. I think that's wrong. I think it will continue into the future. And mm -hmm. so I actually think the contribution rates can be even lower than that. More so, Alberta disproportionately funds, right, billions more into the pension plan, the Canadian pension plan, every year versus what our pensioners receive, right? It's like three or four or five billion, right? It varies a little bit based yes. on the year, but it's billions more. And the reason for this is threefold. First, Albertans on the whole are younger than other provinces. Secondly, because in part we're younger, we also work more. There are more workers in Alberta compared mm -hmm. to other provinces. And thirdly, as a consequence of our natural resource, as a consequence of technological innovation and other factors, Albertans on the whole are wealthier than other provinces. So these three factors combine to form this reality that says or that that um, it creates this 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 situation where Alberta contributes disproportionately contributes three, four, five, et cetera, billion more into the plan every year versus mm -hmm. what it receives. So, of course, if you had your own plan, all of that money would stay in Alberta. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't be shoveled into Ottawa any longer. It wouldn't be shoveled into that Canadian pension plan. Instead, you would keep it here at home. And mm -hmm. then you or the government could decide what to do with it, whether they hand it back to individuals, whether they invest it, whether yeah. they put it towards pensions, what might have you. That's for the government to decide and for the people to decide. But the point being, you would have all of that extra money still here at home. So you can look at those numbers. You can look at, for example, what are your returns on your Canadian pension plan? What are the returns on your contributions? Of course, we hear so often from the government that the CPP investing board is steady and strong and they're earning excellent returns. As a matter of fact, the investment board, the investment arm of the CPP does do well. Their investments, at least you know, over the last few years, have done not too bad. But when was the last time that you saw on your pension check a little statement at the bottom that said, well, because the investing arm of the CPP did very well this year, because the rate of return on their investments increased by, who knows, 10%, mm -hmm. your pension check also increased by 10%. Of course, that's nonsense. That's not how the pension works. Again, as we mentioned before, your pension earnings are calculated based on how old you were when you retired, uh, how many years you worked, and how much you contributed. Mm -hmm. So it might be that the pension board or the investing board the investment arm of the CPP is doing very well. But for you as a pensioner, it makes no difference regarding how much you actually earn. Mm -hmm. So instead you ask the question, how much do I earn? What is my rate of return on contributions? And the answer is they're very 
dower, as in if you're born after 71-ish, then they're mm. about 2.1%. And that's before this hydra of inflation, or that was calculated, that number was calculated before this hydra of inflation started crushing Canadians. So if you take massive inflation into account, which I know the pension plan doesn't control, but mm. if you take massive inflation into account, then the returns on your pension are dismal. They're nowhere near this gold, this pot of gold at the end of your working life that big government promises. But that's so typical of government programs, right? They say without us, you would be in dire straits. Without us, you'd be in serious trouble. Without this glorious and great program, oh, your life would be awful. But when you look at the facts and look at the numbers, you realize, as it so often is with other political uh, theater, all of what they're saying is smoke and mirrors. All mm -hmm. of what they're saying is this is this vapor that appears for a while and then it's gone because the truth emerges from behind its midst. So you have those numbers. And then, of course, you have the actual numbers of the pension plan itself, what they're investing in and so on. But to keep things simple, that in itself seems simple enough. Alberta has contributed over the years tens of billions of dollars more into the pension plan versus what it's received. The earnings on your contributions to the pension are dismal. They are nowhere near this fantastic platinum return that government makes it sound like they are. And um, the current pension plan itself, although it's doing well, is struggling, struggling very desperately because it's a primarily pay-as-you-go system. Mm -hmm. Canadians are getting older and the sustainability of the pension plan at current rates isn't viable. It has to increase. The rates will continue to have to increase the contribution. So I think I think it's important that you said it's a pay-as-you-go system. Do mm -hmm. you want to elaborate on that? Because sure. that to me is a big eye-opener for a lot of people. Yeah. So that actually really goes hand-in-hand hand with what I was about to ask. I was about to ask if you know uh, how much of the fund is actually invested. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's another good question. So it's a primarily pay-as-you-go system. Yes, the the... The Canadian pension plan is what we call a primarily pay-as-you-go system, which means, and I'll just, again, we'll use, we'll use simple numbers for simple math. These aren't necessarily the numbers that are correct. But suppose you have $5 billion in Alberta, and Alberta decides to shovel that $5 billion into the pension plan. So you mm -hmm. have $5 billion being shoveled into the Canadian pension plan. Now, the pension plan itself takes, let's say, four of those billion dollars, or four and a half of those billion dollars, mm -hmm. and it moves it then to pensioners. So almost as fast as the money flows in, the money flows out. You know, we mm -hmm. tend to think of the pension plan as like a big oat pile where you're yeah. just piling on the money and then pensioners take out just a little bit at a time. No, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that at all. Instead, mm -hmm. as fast as the grain, as fast as the money is coming in, it's being shoveled out. Now, not every single cent, of course, is shoveled out. Not mm -hmm. every single dollar that's given to the CPP is, is given back to pensioners. Of course, some of it is invested and that changes from year to year. But as the boomers begin to retire, right? As, this, as, as more and more Canadians begin to retire, we're seeing, of course, more and more pensioners demand their checks, demand their pensions because it's time for them to collect in their contributions that they've made all their lives. Now, as for the actual numbers, Chris, I don't have them on me, but I do know that Fraser Institute does. And so if the audience wants to look up, you can just look up Fraser Institute there's a little search bar on mm -hmm. the right hand side and you can just look up Alberta pension plan or Canadian mm -hmm. pension plan. And there are beautiful graphs that detail. Uh, well, there are a bunch of them. I don't know what the most recent study was. There's even one done just a couple of months ago, actually, that tell you 
what the current rates of, of investment and, and contribution rates are, along with the actual Canadian Pension Plan Investing Board uh, uh, website itself. That is, there's a massive paper. It has their most recent update, their fiscal update, and there they give all the numbers and, and board updates and so on. It's very well, exciting to read. We'll see if we can pull that up and have a quick look at it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Continuing on with that kind of theme, um, if, if you go on social media or you pick up a newspaper mm -hmm. or turn on the radio, um, we're hearing a lot of people speaking very negatively about the Alberta Pension Plan. Now, I've heard some specific numbers as to what it could look like for Albertans. And if I was a pensioner, I would be thrilled. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm thrilled as an employer because my contributions likely will be will be brought down. Why are there certain groups who are being so negative about this? And actually, coincidentally, it's the same groups who were saying that our hospitals were going to be sold if we mm -hmm. elected the UCP. But anyway, do you have a comment on that? Sure. It's the same groups that strive for big government. They love power. They love control. They love the way that our current government is moving. They love that direction and they love a socialist ideology. The way that they implement their views, the way that they implement their, their ideology itself, in my opinion, is, is through economics. They don't do so militarily, not at the current time anyway. Instead, they do so through the arm of economics known as pensions, taxation, uh, public health care or government health care, government schools, and so on and so on. You see, suppose that you have a pensioner, say 70 or 75 years old, and one day a news announcement is made that says, unless you transfer your account or transition your bank account to digitalized, centralized, or to a digitalized, centralized currency system, you can't receive your pension check. Those pensions now will only be delivered to Canada's new digital currency system. Or you could equally say that perhaps the government might one day um, announce that unless your pension check is used for net zero activities or carbon neutral activities, you can't use your pension checks. You see, government has really since its inception, really since the beginning of human history, used economics, used money, used man's natural desire to survive and thrive and flourish to steer humanity in the direction that it wants to go. So you see all of these activists talking about how if this big government program, if the Canadian pension plan uh, is removed, then we'll be so unsafe, or mm. then things will be sent into a spiral, then the entire province will crumble, then the country will be thrown into chaos and panic. In reality, what they want is that leverage that the pension plan affords them to impose their values and their immorality upon the nation. You'll notice that it's never those individuals who love freedom that, that try to resist Alberta's own pension plan. It's not those individuals who want smaller government that try to resist Alberta's own pension plan. Instead, it's those who love big government, who love power, who crave control, and will do absolutely anything to secure it. So you mentioned about um, uh, central bank digital currency and having that tied to a pension. I want to point out, folks, in Alberta, if we had an Alberta, pardon me, when we have our Alberta pension plan, we can legislate specifically to ensure that our pension 
remains paid out in whatever form we choose. Mm -hmm. But if you're concerned about that, if you're concerned about the government saying you have to, you know, take this medical intervention or, um, you know, subscribe to our net zero ideology or whatever in order to get a pension, we can't stand up to that as Albertans. Even if British Columbia, Saskatchewan and Manitoba joined Alberta and tried to bring that through Parliament to say we want to be protected so that we can have our pension delivered in the way we want, we can't make it happen because we don't mm -hmm. have a strong enough voice. We yeah. can't get laws passed on a federal level, but we can on a provincial level. And thank God, the uh, a pension is one of our areas of constitutional sovereignty. And and that's, uh, you know, we have every reason in the world to do this. Yeah. But what do I know? I just make hamburgers. Yeah, this is just one part of uh, what APP has been talking about for a while. Of course, we can do pension, we can do taxation, we can do policing, we can do immigration, and uh, and even employment insurance. And this is just one part. So here's the big question that I know a lot of people are all uh, on in the comments talking about, you know, people are close to retirement and they're they're worried about that. But here's here's the big question. How do we even implement this? What what are the steps that would be needed in order to for Alberta to actually create its own Alberta pension plan? Oh, good question. Do you know what my answer is? It's simple. The steps are you do it. You do it now. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds oversimplified. But the honest truth is Alberta has the provision under the Constitution, as you mentioned, mm -hmm. to take control of its pension plan under under the the umbrella of power that's been granted to Alberta, we can right now take control of our pension plan. So you do yeah. it, the government should do it. Now, of course, they, you know, they'll hold a referendum and make sure that the totality of Albertans agree with doing yeah. such a thing. And so education is so important, but aren't you tired as so many other Albertans are tired of all of this political maneuvering and taking very small steps to do anything at all? It's like, everyone's tired of that. Instead, yeah. let's take a giant step. Here we have our opposition. Here we have those individuals in Parliament in Ottawa who are taking massive steps at the present time, trying to run as quickly as they can towards their agenda, towards 2030, 2027, 2050, all of these numbers. They're moving as quickly as possible. And if we, in defense of our uh, sovereignty, in defense of our individuality, opposing these massive moves, take these small little steps, you know, take these very, of course, you have to be careful. But if we just take these small, small steps over a course of years, it's going to be far too late for us to do anything at all. And mm -hmm. so instead, the government should sit down uh, and say, or, you know, hold the referendum as quickly as possible and then say, here's the directive. Here's the mandate from the people of Alberta. We're going to do it. That's the end of it. Let Trudeau have a temper tantrum if he wishes, if he wants. Let him uh, hurl every slur that he can think of if that's his prerogative. It doesn't change our dedication to freedom. It doesn't change our dedication to do what's right. And so this is the, I gave the answer, you do it now. There was an old answer by Friedman. When some student asked him the same question, how do you implement a more privatized a school system was, was the student's question. And Friedman's mm -hmm. answer was, you do it now. You just, you, you just do it. You know, the longer that you, you know, uh, meet uh, government officials and, and people right. who are involved in, in that sector, you know, and I know that so much that happens there is fluff. So much mm -hmm. that happens is unnecessary. If we could cut all of that bureaucracy out, you could you could achieve things so much faster than what otherwise would be possible. All it takes is a man or a couple men and men and women to take that first daring step, get momentum moving, and then things start to roll and roll very quickly. 
So I want to just uh, point something out here. There was a fellow on there that mentioned, or he he said incorrectly, well, you need seven out of 10 provinces to agree. No. In this case, we already have, under the, as Tanner said, the umbrella of the Constitution, we have divisions of power uh, between the federal government and the provincial government here. And managing, having and managing our own pension plan is one of our jurisdictions. We simply, uh, we gave that up years ago and let the federal government do it just so we we didn't have to do it. But in this case, nothing in the Constitution needs to change. And as, as far as I know, we don't even have to have a referendum. But our government wants to because, you know, they feel it's important to engage with Albertans on, on this topic. But even if they didn't, even if we didn't have a referendum and they simply implemented it, all of the folks that are currently receiving CPP benefits, they could continue. Yeah. That's that's their pension. That's your that's pension. That's the important, absolutely important thing because that is the number one question. They're, they're asking, well, you know, I'm either collecting now or I will be collecting. How does this work? You know, I, am I going to end up getting two checks and all that? And, and my guess is, yeah, that's exactly the way you would be getting it. You'd get... Yeah, and- uh, whatever has been contributed into CPP and then whatever's contributed into the Alberta pension plan. And as far as I can tell, it would still be a choice type thing because, mm-hmm. you know, if you, if you want to receive half as much of a pension check as an Alberta pension plan, feel free. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's your prerogative, right? Yes. That's a great answer, Chris. Let people vote with their feet. You see when Mr. Trudeau released that letter a few days ago, uh, you of course hammering Smith, for the, the, the fact that she would dare, you know, talk about an Alberta pension plan. You notice how he failed to mention that, that, that Alberta's own pension plan would be a great disservice economically for Alberta. He didn't mention that in the letter. No, instead, he appealed to the will and the desires of all Canadians. And, you know, the third or fourth, fourth paragraphs, he talks about how it would be so damaging for Canada. It would be so damaging for the country. Because Trudeau knows that the economic benefits of Alberta's own pension plan are clear and present. It's this isn't really um, not really it isn't um, arguable. Like the numbers are are plain, the calculations are clear. We know that we send more into the pension every year versus what we receive. So let people vote with their feet. You're right, Chris. If the Canadian pension plan is so superior, then they'll stay with the pension plan. One of my biggest pet peeves is that government treats people like they're stupid. They treat people like they don't have a clue about anything. That if we didn't invest for you, you'd have no savings. And if mm-hmm. we didn't control all healthcare, you wouldn't know what to do with hospitals. And if we didn't give you public curriculum, you wouldn't have any proper schools. And if we didn't do this and that and the other thing, your whole life would be a complete disaster. As mm-hmm. if all of the problems, economic problems that are happening in this country aren't a yeah. consequence of the, of the government, of big yeah. government. It's just it's a complete um, inversion of what's actually true. Absolutely. Um, there's another comment on there I'll, I'll talk about real quick. Someone says just, something about uh, we have to follow a legal agreement. The agreement that Alberta entered into to participate in the Canadian Pension Plan is based on a piece of legislation, and the legislation outlines our responsibilities and also our right to withdraw and the calculations for doing so if we choose to do so. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's that. Yes, you know, we can we can we can free ourselves from the pension plan legally. This it's not you're right, Chris. You don't need a referendum. You can do it now if you want to. You can do it as quickly as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, yet nothing else has to be changed or overturned in the Supreme Court for it to happen. 
I, I, I do want to go through some of the numbers because I know there there are people that may haven't even looked into this and they're, and they're just assuming that once they turn 65, hey, I get this pension. Well, it's not exactly that. That's not really the way it works out to be. So the uh, the way you can you can opt in basically when you start working uh, and uh, you as an employee put in 5.9% and your employer puts in 5.9%. So let's just say six, six and six, so roughly 12%. And that's roughly a maximum of $7,400 per year. And over the 40 years, you've actually contributed about $300,000 into your if you want to call it a pot of cpp even though this is as we were just talked about the money comes in and then it flows out right and some of it gets invested um and basically what ends up happening is you end up getting back right now based on uh, 2022 which is i believe is the same as 2023 about 1306 dollars per month or roughly fifteen thousand six hundred dollars per year that's the way it the cpp model works and if you decide to take early uh, early uh, retirement benefits at age uh, 60, you actually lose 0.6% per month up until 65. So a lot of people ask, should I, should I uh, retire now? Like I'm 60, should I retire now and get my, my CPP or should I wait till 65? Everybody has their own reasons for doing things. Maybe you need money. Maybe you don't want to do a reverse mortgage on your horse or house or whatever you want to do. But basically over the next, that five years equates up to 36% more on your CPP. So all these calculations, they're all just uh, up on the, up on the internet. It doesn't take a genius to go and figure this out. But the thing that we, we should uh, understand too is so, you still have to apply for CPP. It still takes a certain amount of time to do this. And the question, of course, has come up. So what up? What up if you're a, a self-employed and you haven't and, uh, and put money into your CPP? What money do you actually get? Well, once you turn 65, you do get a benefit from the government, whether or not you've been a productive part of society or not. You get an old age security pension. Right. And uh, I believe the number was about 800, 800 bucks. I could be wrong on that. I wrote down a lot of numbers. Um, I think it's 650, but there you go. So something like that. So, you know, the idea is that if, if you are 65 and you, you have put in your, your effort and whether or not you're part of Alberta or a Canadian pension plan, you have put in uh, a considerable amount of money and with your CPP and your old age security, you do get back about $24,000 a year. That's kind of what it ends up being. The reason I tell you these numbers is because this is based on the pool of a Canadian pension plan, Canada pension plan. If we had an Alberta pension plan, we can change those numbers. We can do 5.9 or we can make it less so that people in theory, maybe we only do 3% and then in the end, you actually have an extra two or three grand in your pocket every year that you can do whatever you want to invest in or, or just go and buy something if you, want to, if you want to do that. I think it's important to note that it's not just a, a, a pension plan per se that, that we're talking about. We're talking about what money would be for Albertans and what Albertans can do with that money. Yes, you've hit a nice point there, Carrie. What you're talking about is opportunity cost. Yeah. So suppose that Carrie has to invest or has to contribute $10,000 every year mm -hmm. into a Canadian pension plan. 
to receive the same benefits that he would if he invested $6,000 or contributed $6,000 every year into an Alberta pension plan. That's Think right. about all that Kerry could do with those $4,000 left over. He yeah. could invest those $4,000 and mm -hmm. probably do very much better than the current Canadian pension plan uh, will give him back in his, in his retirement, mm -hmm. right? And so you see how much cost there is actually to disproportionately funding a pension plan. You can put that money towards investments. You could put that extra money towards paying down debt. You could mm -hmm. put that extra money towards paying for your daughter or son's tuition. You could put money towards all of these things that you otherwise couldn't do because instead you have to shovel it into the plan, into the federal plan. If you had an Alberta one, you'd save that without sacrificing benefits in older age. Mm -hmm. And as a consequence would be better off on the whole. You're exactly right. Good point. Yeah. You know what else we can do? We can invest our fund wisely based mm. on what Albertans want to invest on. And we can prevent our fund from being invested in companies based on their ESG score and based on if they're, uh, you know, promoting green initiatives or whatever, we can actually be, we can hold our government here in Alberta accountable for the returns that we see on our pension plan. Yeah. Yes. It's so much easier to hold government to account when it's closer to home in this mm -hmm. case, when it is at home. So of course you can scrutinize what the CPP is investing in. And when you read their most, when you read their, their uh, latest fiscal update, 2023 fiscal update or 2022 fiscal update, they talk about how they're, of course, they're increasing demonstrably their assets in green energy and in uh, carbon neutral investment mm -hmm. from their right now sitting at something like 60 some billion, 66 billion. And they're going to increase that to at least 130 billion by 2030. So, so the actual layout and the demographics of the fund of the investment portion of the fund are changing rapidly and changing quickly. But Chris is right at home here, even though government still might try and do things which we wouldn't agree with, it's much easier to say, well, stop, I'm close to you. That is we're you're close to where we live. So we can watch you like a hawk. And we mm -hmm. don't like what you're investing in here, here, here or here, change it. We don't like this. We don't like that. Or we do like this. And we do like that. Keep going with it. We like mm -hmm. the returns. We like the way things are calculated. Let's keep it this way, or we have to change it. Whatever it might be, the point remains, it's easier to monitor Alberta's government than it is to monitor Ottawa's. Right. And in doing so, you know, monitoring our government, we can we have a voice in our province and we can change the direction of our government. We cannot change the direction that the federal government is on in this country, in this confederation. We haven't been able to do it for 117 years. And we're not going to be able to do it under the current structure and our relationship with Ottawa. We just cannot do it. And, you know, we speak, Tanner, you've spoken at APP events about this numerous times. We lay that right out. Um, I'm not going to get into it right now. We're going to try and keep it on track. But if you're interested to know why we can't fix these things on a federal scale, keep watching the webinars and maybe uh, attend an APP event near you. We're going to be, where are we going to be this weekend? Pomondon, uh, Vermilion, and Fort Mac. Or Mac. Yeah. The following weekend, we're going to be in Peace River, Grand Prairie, or Peace River and Grand Prairie. So we're going mm -hmm. to be somewhere near you, and we're happy to answer a lot of these questions. Now, speaking of questions, um, I believe I have another webinar at nine. So we have 20 minutes left. 20 minutes uh, for questions? 
yeah should we should we rattle off through as many of the questions as we can we can definitely do that we're gonna i'm gonna kind of work backwards because of course we've already answered some of the questions i think but uh people are asking about the uh alberta investment management corporation AIMCO, and, yes uh, yes right and uh and some of the blunders that they've done now if we're if you know we're able to do our own pension would we also be able to say who is going to be doing our money management oh yes you'd have to the purpose of a pension plan is twofold one it's to earn you money mm. based on your contributions and two it's to make sure the money is there for you when you come to collect your money that's the mm. purpose and so you could you could create um like a regulatory rule that said the purpose of the pension plan of aimco say is to maximize efficiency to maximize what we call economic efficiency that is we mm. want to oversimplified create the best life possible for albertans so in the investment boards um, area, that would mean earning as much money as possible and ensuring that the money is there when pensioners need it. Mm -hmm. If the board is failing to uh, achieve that objective, they're gone. That's it. There's no argument about it. There's nothing to do with, with ideological agendas. It has nothing to do with anything, uh, no political correctness, nothing to do with identity politics. Instead, mm -hmm. their mandate is simple. Here's your job. Do it and you'll stay don't and you're gone yep and so what why that would is be... that not happening with aimco hmm. government you know it's not happening with cpp right now either that's the kicker is that like again you look at the C what cpp is investing in and even though they have a diversified portfolio when you read that report you see how they're investing in green energy for example purely because it's green energy it has nothing to do with the with the economic viability of those investments. They'll say it does, but again, when you really read what they're talking about, they say, we're investing in this because we agree with net zero. We agree with no greenhouse gas. We agree with all of this nonsense that actually has nothing to do with the functions of a pension plan. So how do you stop it? You try and make that organization, say it's AIMCO, um, as, as removed from government as possible. The less political influence that that uh, has, the better. There can't be any political influence. It's just like what happens with our regulatory boards. With energy, you have government that says, well, we're separated, not really true. And so they try to inject their own plans, their own desires, what's politically profitable for them into an organization, like a regulatory organization, to then see or to try and garner votes to see if it gets them some political prowess, some political power. So you have to keep them separate. You couldn't have Alberta's investment board for pensions be part of the Alberta government. It would have to be something totally separate as it is with all other regulatory creations has to be. Otherwise the entire purpose of the plan itself of the, of the decentralized plan is, is wasted. Mm -hmm. So if you're concerned about stuff like that, folks, um, go to the government website and you can actually take a survey ask, and the government's asking you right now for your input on how you want to see this happen. They ask you about how you want the, um, the, you know, the extra money to be distributed, how you want the fund managed, what role government plays, the whole nine yards. So if you um, are concerned about this and you want to have a part in your future, go take the survey. And uh, you're, you know, it's one way to have your voice heard. There's, there's lots of questions in regards to, you know, how things would be implemented and, you know, what legislation would happen and, and how would people be uh, uh, held accountable and all that. 
maybe that's just way too beyond the scope of this kind of upper upper uh, you know 30,000 feet uh, talk about what the pension plan would be versus uh, the Canadian pension plan right um, so and because one of these things I, I just want to show like uh, there was a comment there about uh, uh, the CPP has outperformed AIMCO and and you know you can digest this however you want there's lots of charts out there but I think the important thing is that we would have to, as a uh, as a group uh, of voters, basically say this is the way we want this to happen, and this is how we want the accountability to happen, and then this would end up going through legislature. Right, and even that graph, it's like, well, maybe, but it's again, it doesn't change how much pensioners are earning in Alberta. Yeah, it might be that 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 right now CPP outperforms, you know, um, an Alberta plan by a hundred percent of their investments. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Yeah. The 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 contribute the earnings for Albertans that doesn't change that isn't part of of the equation when it comes to determining how much you as a pensioner earn that is such a typical trick that government tries to use to say yeah. see the CPP is powerful it's strong and it's like well actually maybe they are doing well in their investments but that's not correlated to how well pensioners themselves are doing. Mm -hmm. Would it be better if the, uh, uh, here's a question, would it be better if the investment arm was not part of the government? Yes, has to be, can't, it, 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 yes, precisely. The, the investment arm, see right now there's, they say they're not part of government either, the CPP, but of course <laughs> they say that with the Bank of Canada too. That's political fluff. No, mm. you have to have a solid separation between the government and every regulatory, every investing agency, in the province and right in the country. There has mm -hmm. to be a separation because the interests of politicians are not the interests in many cases of private Albertans and private Canadians. So again, if you formed your own Alberta pension plan with mm -hmm. Alberta's own investing board, then the purpose or the objective of the board would be one, one objective or two, earn money, make sure the money is there. It's not to earn political points. It's not to earn power. It's not to do political favors. It's to do those two things. And if you have a politician who's trying to interject to change that directive, then they should be removed because that's not what, again, that's not what the plan is for. It's just to maximize economic efficiency. They have to be separated. If they're not, the benefits are wasted. Um, there's a question that comes up quite a bit, and it has to do with current recipients of the Canada Pension Plan benefit. Yeah. What happens to them specifically? Oh, well, that'd be part of negotiations, but I can't see anything really happening to them much at all. You've paid mm -hmm. into the Canadian pension plan. And so the pension should be there for you when, um, when, the, when, when you come to collect it. Mm -hmm. And suppose a government said, no, it's not there. Is that a government you want to be ruled by? Suppose, mm -hmm. suppose Mr. Trudeau or the Liberals said, well, your government has decided that um, it wants its own pension plan. And so we're not going to give you yours, even though you paid into it. For 50 years or what might have you you paid into it for how 30 years we're not giving you your pension now because your government isn't agreeing with ours is that a federal government that sounds like it has the interests of all canadians in mind mm -hmm. not at all if anything that gives us more reason to leave and remember we said this last time chris i remember that even if the feds gave alberta absolutely nothing with regards to the pension that it deserves even if they cut off every single alberta pensioners uh, you know, checks every month. Mm. Alberta would still, by the money that stays in Alberta, have more than enough to pay for those pensioners who are collecting checks. 
That is, if we have three or four or five billion dollars more staying in Alberta every year, mm -hmm. we have ample funds to cover um, what would be forfeited. I can't see that happening. But if it did, we would be secure. We'd be fine. And, you know, if that did happen, that sends a pretty strong message to the other provinces who would probably stand up and back Alberta because yeah. they, if they didn't, they would end up in the same boat, presumably someday as well, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, precisely. So questions again, um, do we need a referendum to make this change? Can't the UCP just start doing it? And, and I'm, I'm just going to say, so for most, most of the stuff we've talked about doing a referendum, the downside of doing a referendum from my point of view would be, we're basically opening up the debate to both sides, which is fine, except we will say that maybe the, uh, the powers that be under the uh, teachers unions or maybe other unions out there that would totally say, no, we want to not have an APP. They just have more money that they can do this big advertising and propaganda, and they could basically sway the voters uh, that, no, this is a terrible idea. And it wouldn't matter whether or not it was a terrible idea or it was a great idea. People will only be, will only see it as being a terrible idea because that's the louder voice. Thank yeah. goodness Albertans have become much more involved and engaged in politics and we're willing to bring more people that to show true. up. Yeah. Precisely. Do the right thing. I spoke at the Million Person March. There were 700 people in Lloydminster in favor of what we were advocating for and 10 at most counter protesters, you know, yeah. three or four of them who were loud. So yeah. so the momentum is on our side, no matter what the media tries to tries to sow in our minds, no matter what the opposition tries to make it seem like reality is. It's yeah. not true right now where we are without a doubt in the majority. Mm -hmm. So here, here, here's just the question. Should we have a referendum on this? Mm. Should there be a referendum question? Because not only is it the actual question itself, it's all the lead up to it. It's going to cost hundreds of millions if you want to be there in terms of advertising and, and, and basically just getting people aware of this from both sides. For pros yeah. and cons that is money that as far as i'm concerned could actually be used towards the attended goal put that yeah. into benefit. well if it were if it were me i'd just do it but but smith's government is playing political right now because if the referendum is held and it passes with flying colors albertans yeah. overwhelmingly want their own alberta pension plan then mm. she has leverage then she has uh political muscle to to maneuver you know to maneuver her weight around in yeah. ottawa um there are pros and cons to both. I think you do it now. I think, you know, Albertans should should try and free themselves from the pension plan as quickly as possible. But but I also understand why, from a political vantage point, Smith and the UCP are trying to take this this uh, this avenue, at least publicly. That's that's what would make sense to me. Yeah. Um... I'm just going to call this question up because a couple of people have asked that. And, and again, we've, we briefly talked about this, but how is Quebec running their pensions and why don't all provinces control their own? Ah, yeah. So Quebec's always had their own. They always wanted to have their own. And it's a good question. It's a very good question. And again, I would argue that the provinces were sucked into a deal by the federal government under the guise of safety and security, unification, mm -hmm. even though the actual purpose of the pension plan, even though government will never publicly admit it, is to exercise more control over the Canadian people. Think of the power that was gifted to the federal government 
big government, bureaucracy, when everyone signed up for this and put all of their or a good portion of their pension faith in government. Think about how much how much leverage that gives our leaders. Yeah. It lets them do just about anything to seniors, no, uh, knowing that seniors are fearful of losing their pensions. Like if tomorrow, Mr. Trudeau said, as I mentioned, you know, sign up for a digitalized currency system or lose your pension benefits. Think about the chaos that would happen. What would seniors do? People are barely able to survive as it is, thanks to inflation, thanks to high taxation, thanks to the current economic structure of this country. And if you put the press on them a little more, if you crush them in a vice just a little bit, get a digital ID bank or something along those lines, people would be forced to do it. They have no other option. And so government could then uh, once again advance closer to their to their objectives. So there are some people talking about the referendum thing and some are saying, well, you have to have a referendum because if you don't, it's a, it's a dictatorship. If you don't have a referendum, it's not democracy. That's not true at all. We elected this government and we elected them to make these decisions on our behalf. We elected them to make law, to legislate to our benefit. There are things that our government can do, such as uh, implementing a provincial pension plan. And there are things that they can't do that require a referendum. Anything that uh, is constitutional in nature would require a referendum. Things like this do not. So you know what? It is. It, it, it still would be democracy if they implemented a pension plan. Now, uh, I agree with Carrie and Tanner that we, you know, it would be, I think it would be better to not because the results would be seen right away and it would cost less money. People would be benefiting. Alberta would be benefiting. And that's the end of it. You know, the referendum is going to be, it's going to take a lot of education. It's going to take a lot of uh, advertising, a lot of town halls, those types of things. It's going to cost millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. But that's what they're going to do anyway, because they don't want to seem totalitarian as the last government and the one before that was. So that's kind of that's kind of how that works, folks. Um, the The benefit that we have here, like I said before, is there are lots of groups that are working to educate Albertans as to the benefits of these things. The Alberta Prosperity Project not only talks about an Alberta pension plan, but we advocate for an Alberta provincial police force. We advocate for Alberta taking control of their immigration, their employment insurance, um, and provincial tax collection. And we speak about these things and educate Albertans as to how these things would benefit us and actually how they benefit the other parts of the country. Mm -hmm. We want to see this province take back every piece of constitutional uh, sovereignty that we are entitled to chart our own course fire forward to the benefit of the people of this province. And please, if you want to help us with that, consider becoming a member. Look at me. I'm a salesman now. I'm being a salesman. And the membership, it's like 20 bucks a year or something like that. Uh, it's cheaper if you buy two or three years. But it's not that we want your 20 bucks. We need it to do things like this, to do educational campaigns, educating Albertans as to what or how we can be prosper, how we can be prosperous, how we can do things we've never done before and change things that haven't been changed in 117 years to the benefit of the people of this province. So please consider getting membership, come out to an event. Um, and, uh, you know, if you want to volunteer your time, that would work too, because there's a lot of work to do. We're willing to do it, but we can't do it without your help. And seeing so we only have four minutes, we're going to get a couple questions in. But uh, before I forget, I do want to say a big thank you to Tanner for joining, the, joining us in this webinar. Um, when we do a webinar with you, Tanner, 
there's a, a a lot of positive feedback. We really appreciate the the depth of your understanding on these issues, and um, you know I I think I can speak for everyone watching uh, when I say we we certainly appreciate your efforts. Oh, my pleasure! It's so much fun to come on these these shows with you. <laughs> yeah, it can be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Can be yeah, even on a dry topic like pensions and and money matters. Um, it's exciting for me. This is this is exciting. I would. Yeah. I can't believe that 10 years ago, I would sit on the couch and watch. Did we watch Friends 10 years ago? I can't even remember. No, I was in the it 90s. But I don't even know what I watched 10 years ago, to be quite honest. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Daniel, asks, yeah, Daniel asks, how soon can Danielle Smith and team get the pension plan start for Alberta? And what are the steps? It's you can start right now. And I mean, of course, in a sense, they have started now, right? Because you have telephone town halls. Have they yeah. started already? If they haven't, they're about to. I think they have started. Yeah, um, there's already advertisement on the government website. There's yeah, yeah. Yep, there you go. So 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 you have that. And then to actually leave the pension, every province again has the right to quit. There isn't a, it's not a you're in a contract until 2050 or 2070. You can quit today. And then of course the value of the of the assets, the transfer has to be negotiated, and that would take a little while. But but the steps themselves are actually very simple. I think something that that individuals that Canadians have to understand is that government makes things sound very much more complicated often than they actually are. You can do a lot more than what politicians say, or they can do a lot more than what they say. They just choose not to because it's easier politically to do so and be quiet. But but with regards to the steps, it's start today, do it now, announce your intentions, say the government's decided we're going to leave the plan and begin negotiating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this actually started back in 2020 with the Fair Deal panel. So this has been going on for three years. Uh, there has been work done on this. There's been studies done. Uh, other economists have looked at it and they presented it to the government. And the government has determined that this pension plan, an Alberta pension plan, would benefit the people of the province. So that's why they're doing this. It's not just they woke up one day and decided to do it. The work has already been done and we're kind of at the education stage now. And, you know, as as time goes on and, and we get closer to either doing uh, legislation or a referendum, we'll we'll do definitely more of these talks. We'll do uh, we'll have Tanner back and uh, and and maybe somebody that maybe has really inside information. Um, so if you happen to know somebody or are or, or able to do that, please get a hold of us. Uh, you can get a hold of us at uh, the Alberta Prosperity Project .com and uh let us know what's going on and uh you can even get yourself on one of these webinars yes and if you have any questions about the the alberta pension plan go to the government website read their little frequently asked questions things first yeah. if you have any concerns about the alberta pension plan that you want to bring up and maybe have us dig into send us a message at uh, at the alberta prosperity project website i'm happy to hear any concerns or any little intricacies that you folks see that we should we should dig deep on i'd be happy to do it and also it's 8 59 i have another webinar starting in one minute so okay it's time to uh wrap this up wendy says tanner's brilliant thanks chris and carrie i watch tanner daily and always learn something new love how we connects the bible to our daily life from saskatchewan but follow you all thanks fellas there well thank you wendy lots of grace for that so thank you so much again for for joining us And there we go. So that was the uh, the interview with Tanner today in regards to the Alberta pension plan. And uh, again, my apologies that uh, this didn't get out to Facebook 
it uh, it does look like it went out to LinkedIn and YouTube and X. So if you can look at uh, the Alberta Prosperity Project there, and we will repost this again um, on Rumble and on Facebook. So again, looking at these, even though this this topic was just introduced to us in October. And then we, we got Tanner on probably within about a week or two, uh, kind of as soon as it was done, because I think actually saying that, I think it was introduced at the end of September. So we got Tanner on as soon as we could. And, but there's so much more to talk about. There's so much more to talk about. And so that's why we're doing the Alberta Pension Plan, a start to sovereignty panel discussions. And so we've got a few of these. You can go to the Alberta Prosperity Project.com and go under the events page. We have Nadine uh, Wellwood, who is an economist and financial planner. We have, of course, Tanner Nadei, who's the economist that you just listened to, as well as Corey Morgan, who is an author, a media host, and political advocate. All great speakers to talk about not only what the pension plan itself can do for Alberta, but what it means in the big picture in terms of, hey, if we can do our own pension plan, then we can continue on and maybe do our own taxation. We can do our own policing, et cetera. All the stuff that APP talks about, but we need that first step. And this is a, a great step in order to do that. And uh, again, you can go on the Alberta Prosperity Project dot com uh, events page and find out where and when that will be happening uh, in your neighborhood. The other thing that I did want to bring up is there is a lot of lot of topics, a lot of discussion on what is happening with the CPP, what is happening with APP, or the Alberta uh, Pension Plan. What is what is going on with that in in terms of the, the, the you know kind of a, a globalist or maybe not that's not the right term the Canadian outlook of this. And here you can see here's why the rest of Canada doesn't want Alberta to leave the CPP. Uh, this is on the Fraser Institute. Actually, I can probably just quickly copy and paste that into a banner just in case somebody wants to uh, take a look at that. And uh, there we go. And uh, and in there, there's some really neat arguments about this. So Albertans pay a basic CPP contribution rate of 9.9%. That's kind of what we were talking about. I said 12%, but in this case, it's 9.9%. So what happens going forward if if APP has their own, well, the Alberta pension plan, you'd actually be paying less, but what happens to Canada? Well, they have to make up for that shortfall from Canada or from Alberta. So they're going to be paying more. So it's no wonder the rest of Canada actually is really concerned about doing this, but you know what, if they actually wake up and they go like, you know, maybe Saskatchewan or Manitoba wake up and go, you know what, maybe we should do this as well. So who knows? Maybe maybe this is something that is really going to wake up Canada and uh, and shake the foundations of what's, you know, what pensions are and uh, and how provinces can actually keep control of their own uh, their own uh, jurisdiction. So that's a this is a great article if uh, if anybody's interested in taking a look at that too. Um, and one of the other things that uh, of course that we we were uh, talking about is the numbers. And I just want to bring up, if anybody really is interested in, especially the CPP part, you can always go to the Government of Canada. Uh, oh, I just did a search for Government of Canada pension, and this will come up. How much can you receive? The situations can affect uh, your amount, 
uh, contributions after age 65 periods of lower, no earnings. And like Tanner said, even though you have all these different variables, in the end, we're still only given a certain amount. Whether or not the government of Canada makes oodles and oodles and oodles of interest, no, this is all that we get. Versus if we had an Alberta pension plan that was more in line with what Albertans want, we would be able to have that say. We have no say when it goes out to the, uh, the Canadian federal government right now and the CPP. So to me, that's like a no-brainer. Keep it in. Keep it as close as to as as close as you possibly can to yourself, and uh, and basically get the better better uh, better return. Um, there's also another page here. What are the pensions and benefit monthly amounts? We can go through uh, that as well. But the important thing is that you take a look at this. This is what CPP is doing, and of course, the only thing that we can look at from an Alberta uh, uh, an AMCO sort of view are graphs like this. But again, this is not the same as doing our own uh, Alberta uh, pension plan. So I think that's like apples and grapefruit, not even oranges, right? So it's a completely different uh, fruit altogether. So I think that's that's another important thing to, to note. So again, I'm not an economist. Uh, of course, Tanner was, Tanner is. And we've got other panels that will be dealing with this. And I advise you to go out and take a listen to all of those uh, brilliant minds that are going to be talking through APP. A um, couple of quick things that I want to talk about. Of course, next Wednesday is our first uh, first webinar of the year, the, the first uh, one with a new guest. And that is going to be Chris Sims from the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. That is on Wednesday, January 10th talking more about taxes, talking about, um, you know, you probably noticed that as of January 1st, the, the gas tax that was basically uh, alleviated in Alberta was put back on. And that was based on uh, a lot of others, a lot of behind the scenes stuff, I guess, with Danielle Smith said that uh, if, if uh, the amount of crude oil, uh, the dollar amount of crude oil was, wasn't going to hit this certain mark, then she would be forced to upgrade uh, the uh, the uh, the pricing. So that's why everything went up nine cents. It actually took a few days. Uh, I filled up even yesterday. I filled up the day day before New Year's Eve, and it was a dollar nine. And I filled up yesterday at a dollar twelve. And it now, when I was driving back home from where I was this afternoon, it was one twenty four nine. So do the math on that. I, not nine cents, but either way, it's uh, it's definitely going to be hurting us. So uh, we're going to talk to Chris Sims about that next Wednesday and see what we can do in terms of our own Alberta and uh, and what we can possibly do. Uh, the other thing I wanted to say is that I wanted to wish congratulations to Tanner and Paige who got engaged in December. So congratulations, you two silly kids, and uh, all the best to you. And I hope um, you know the. No matter what happens, if you're if you're getting married this year, next year, whatever, I hope everything goes well, and uh, you guys are you guys are amazing. So I'm I'm more than happy for you guys, and and uh, and totally blessed to, to to know Tanner as well with with that as well. So with that, I think I'm going to wrap up because we're now dropped down to just a, a few people watching. Again, my apologies about the uh, Facebook thing. 
but uh, we will uh, definitely get back uh, and back to normal next Wednesday, whatever possibly the new normal can be. And uh, so with that, I hope everyone had a really enjoyable uh, holiday. I know my, my daughters were in from, uh, from out of town there in university outside uh, of Alberta, and they came in and uh, had a little bit of conversation with them, of course, kind of poking them just a little bit about what's going on. And um, and it was great for great to be able to hang out with them. So I'm I'm so blessed that I've got two amazing daughters. So, and uh, and of course, 2024, we're all hopeful, anxious, and uh, the opportunities are plenty coming in. So, with that, I will wish you guys all a wondrous rest of your night, and we will see you next week on Wednesday, January 10th, with Chris Sims. Thank you very much. Have a good night, everybody.